Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier D. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast where we acknowledge that we are all in this together. Through enlightening conversations and personal insights, we like to engage with individuals just like you who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness along their individual journeys. Our hope is to inspire you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. I'm going to say this outright, even though I know it'll raise a few eyebrows. Money matters. Coming from a country where the differences between the haves and the have-nots were so obvious, I was very well acquainted with the importance of setting yourself up for a proper financial future. Which is why, for this particular episode, I wanted to find someone that I believe would provide the proper vantage point, as well as the appropriate insight, to help me drive this point home. Having emigrated from his native India to the United States with his parents when he was just three years old, Rocky Lalvani has seen firsthand what it looks like to build a wealthy lifestyle out of nothing, through saving, investing, and spending wisely. Rocky serves as a Chief Profitability Advisor for business owners and is the founder of Profit Comes First. He teaches financial planning and growing one's wealth because that's what he's done, and he doesn't want you to make the same mistakes he's made. Having personally experienced what it takes to achieve the American dream, Rocky reminds us that money is a tool. It can open countless doors if managed well. Without understanding money, he admits that his father would not have been able to sustain a family in America. His mission as a financial coach, simply put, is to help you build an abundant life. I really enjoyed this conversation, simply because it was fun to sit across someone so incredibly knowledgeable on the topic, yet with the down-to-earth demeanor as well as the humility to bring some useful concepts down to a digestible level. Another exciting conversation, which I do hope you'll enjoy. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 161 with Rocky Lalvani. Here we go. It is, uh, first of all, it's uh, it's a thrill. It's a thrill to be able to sit down with Stina Stalavani because um, it's something that uh, is really cool about the world of podcasting. It's a, still a very intimate community and not just the fact that I've become a really big fan uh, of your podcast, but also I want to celebrate all the great work that you're doing, uh, not just with Profit Comes First, but also with Richer Soul. Um, the first time I listened to your episode on the Cashflow Canucks podcast, because people need to know uh, where this actually started from. I heard your episode on uh, with Peter Lount on Cashflow Canucks. And I'm like, um, this guy makes it so down to earth, you know, just talking about money and talking about, because the, th- the people listening to us, as I like to say, are just like me, regular people who are just trying to, you know, just piece together little nuggets, you know, just to try to build their own puzzle, trying to get, you know, just further their life along their own journey, whatever that looks like for them. But I never talk about money a lot on this podcast. And because again, I'm not a financier, not an entrepreneur, not a big shot business owner. But when I heard your episode and you bring such a down to earth approach to how we should approach the concept of money and personal personal finance and our own world, wealth and growth and talking about your humble beginnings, I felt so enthused. I thought like, you know what, let me launch this invitation to the universe because again, you sound so approachable, such a human warmth behind it. And, you know, it's something that really needs to be celebrated because, you know, we, we're so intimidated by just talking about money in itself and all the all that it represents in society and in cultures, because we can talk a lot about that. But I just want to say thank you, you know, for making this so accessible and bringing such wonderful content, you know, and um, and information and insight into the world. And I just want to say a very horn, heartfelt and, uh, you know, very, um, you know, just honest welcome to the Awakening Awesome podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. 
Thank you so much for having me. And just so everyone knows, I'm just a regular guy too. <laughs> no different than the rest of you. And and it's funny because we all go to school, right? To get into college, to get a job, to do what? To make money. Mm-hmm. And yet nobody talks about money. And that's just weird to me. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, you know, there were no personal finance courses growing up. And for myself, when I left Haiti to actually come to Montreal, I had to learn the hard way. You know, you get a credit card, you understand interest rates, and you realize, man, I'm paying a lot of interest. And then you hear about they want to sign you up for programs and you hear about student debt and take out loans and stuff. And you don't get it. You don't get it until you make the mistakes. And, you know, even down the road, you buy a house, you get married and you realize I probably should have negotiated harder or I probably should have gone with a different real estate agent or, you know, there are things that you don't think about. And it's so funny. Why? Why do why don't they teach money in, in school, you think? Um, that's a good question. I think so. America was more on the Anglo-Saxon Protestant type of upbringing in the schools. So that's who the leaders were. And if you think about it, historically, talking about money was taboo in the in that culture. Negotiating in America for whatever reason, is considered a taboo subject. Like we have a fixed price for everything, except we really don't. Um, Whereas most other cultures, negotiation's normal. It's just an everyday way of life. So I think it's just the American culture. And it's probably also European culture because European culture is very much the same way. And we have a European heritage. So I think that's probably why it was that originally we just didn't talk about money. It's it's weird because it's true. Just growing up, growing up, um, just seeing how, um, like, my mother's a doctor, my father's an engineer by trade. And again, you know, we weren't rich, but we weren't poor. And, you know, money was was present. You understand that this caused this. And, okay, we can't go on this vacation because. And, you know, sometimes, you know, there was never discomfort about talking about what we can't afford and what we can't afford. But you realize that that and you said you've had these conversations quite often talking about the fact that you need to start having these conversations early with your kids. So they're not left up to their own devices when they grow up, because that sort of, you know, shapes you as an individual and in how you relate to money and how you approach life as a as a whole. Is that something that you've observed? Yes, you you have to learn. So we all have money scripts, regardless of whether they were taught or not taught. You catch them. So you can just ask yourself, money is, and you're going to have an answer for you, but most people don't examine that. And then if you ask yourself, you know, what are the phrases that you were taught growing up? Like Mm -hmm. money doesn't grow on trees. We Mm -hmm. can't afford that. Rich people are evil. Um, God will provide. You have to work hard. Oh, that was really big. That was really big work growing up. So if God is going to provide, what's, what are you supposed to do? Just wait or pray, or are you supposed to actually go do something, you know? And so those are the scripts that are running in the background of your mind and your attitudes. And you really need to examine them because they're driving your behaviors. And, and you, if you listen to people talk, they'll tell you their money scripts. Really? Oh, yes. Just listen. If you have a conversation and you listen closely, people would be like, you might say, oh, we just went to um, vacation to the Bahamas. And and the response is, yeah, we could never afford that. 
and then they continue oh, on, right? Okay. You, but did you hear that little slip up right there? Or, you know, we went out to a nice dinner. Oh, we can't afford to eat out. Hmm. Hmm. Or, you know, you look at a business owner. Uh, I can't afford to raise my prices. People won't pay me. I'm not deserving, right? This is all over the place. You are right. So let's take a step back. Sure. Our brain has to deal with like an inordinate amount of inputs at every given second, right? And it's got to filter those out and it's got to just keep you focused on the little bit that you can actually focus on in your conscious mind. Mm -hmm. All of that is running through scripts. All of those scripts are running in the background. So people are like, you're a little nuts. No, no, no. Think about this. You get in the car, you turn it on and you drive to work. Do you even remember putting any effort into that drive or remember what you were doing or any thinking goes into it? No, no. you like, how do I get to work? Where'd my coffee go? <laughs> right? Right. You don't think about it unless maybe, you know, somebody jumps a red light or something's out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. You're on autopilot. The same thing's happening with the way you handle money. You're on autopilot. You're not even thinking about it. You've got these scripts that are running in the background and and they reveal themselves. If you look at your bank statements, they reveal themselves. If you look at the words people say under their breath out loud, they reveal themselves. You just have to listen, which means you have to focus. And the biggest problem people have today, like you said, we didn't have all the social media. That's a great point. So, and you talk a lot about this. You, so you're saying that in regards to how we should um, pay, mind our financial habits, it's with intention, not just with resolution. Because you're right. Most people don't take a look at their bank statements. Most people don't analyze, you know, that one click shopping on Amazon until they realize when the bank statement comes in. So we have to be a little bit more intentional and cautious in how we how we interact with our financial habits. Very true. I And I do that. Like, and I didn't realize most people didn't. But literally, if you sat down with me, I, I can go back. This is 2021, right? So I can Mm -hmm. go back for 30 years and we can look at what I've done with money down to the transactional level because everything gets stored in software. I run my personal life like a business. Mm -hmm. So I should know what money's coming in, what money's going out and where it went. And then I sit down. We don't fuss over this. All this goes on in the background, right? I'm Mm -hmm. not sitting there every day counting or anything or looking. Mm -hmm. But once a year I sit down, we go, how does spending go this year? Where did our cash flow? How does that compare to where I wanted my cash to flow? Am I happy with where my cash went? Or do I want to make a change? And for most people, if they looked at where their cash flowed, they'd be like, are you kidding me? How'd that happen? That's not what my values are. That's not what I believe. No wonder I'm struggling. My money is flowing out like, and and I don't know where it's going. It's like a colander, right? In Mm -hmm. order, you have a colander. And you start filling it up and money's going to leak out. Mm-hmm. Are you directing the flow or are you just letting it go? And I like that. Are you directing the flow or letting it go? Oh, that is awesome. That's, that's a nugget right there. Um, but the, the thing is, I realize, and I'm only reacting, as I said, like the normal guy. Accounting is boring, Rocky. (laughs) You're talking about creating systems, analyzing your processes, like Mm -hmm. nailing it down, understanding Mm -hmm. where everything's going to go, input and output. That takes work. It does. That's the the regular reaction, isn't it? 
accounting sucks. Nobody likes accounting except a handful of accountants. Even half of accountants hate accounting, right? But here's the question. What do you hate more, being poor or accounting? Being poor. (laughs) Then do something about it. You're right. Right? I automated my savings. I automated my systems. It takes me a little bit of time every month, and I usually hate doing it. But you know what I really like? Being rich, having the ability to say no to people, having time freedom. And that to me is you got to do a little bit of sacrifice. And I can tell you the rewards are are multiple to the sacrifice, not not night and day. And this is not overnight success, right? Because mm-hmm. I told you it's 30 years of work. Yes. And that's just, you know, the reality of it. Do, do you... Uh, you talk about you you don't talk about money so you don't talk about compound interest i learned about compound interest through reading uh and i i remember this vividly i was in louisiana in between um you know i was just like i had dropped out of college i was figuring out myself what i was going to do with the rest of my life because college my first stint at college was not doing well and then i went to stay with some relatives in louisiana thinking like okay i'll probably go back to haiti probably go back to med school as my mother wanted me to and i was sitting around in my aunt's house and i grabbed this book called the automatic millionaire by david bach and i really no it's here somewhere there it is no kidding there we go changed my life it really changed my i think i have my copy here by somewhere (laughs) uh here we go wait a second there we go and i didn't even read the that that's the thing i read the start late finish rich first Mm -hmm. and and again i was in my 20s and the first time I heard of the concept when he explained about coffee, like the latte factor, when he explained about how much you're spending on coffee. And I could, it was really bare bones and driven down to a point where I could understand. I realized, okay, even if I'm broke because I don't have a job and I'm not working, but anyone can spend, anyone can automate, anyone can, you know, because math doesn't lie. Dollars and cents don't lie. He made it very clear. Like you can try to BS me as much as you want. Your statements are your statements. So I understood about, you know, paying yourself first off the top, gross value and, you know, compound interest and over time. And, you know, wealth builds over time. I was trying to point that was what I was trying to get to wealth builds over time. There is no such thing as overnight success. There is a process to this, to this success and those numbers and those big zeros that you want to see in your bank account. Eventually, it does exist. So it's a concept I'm really big on. It's it takes some time. You're right. It takes some time if you're patient enough. But it's a concept I'm really big on. So let's run some numbers for your audience. Mm -hmm. Let's start small. Let's start Mm -hmm. with a penny. Mm -hmm. All right. If I take a penny and I double it 32 times, how much money do I have? That's 32 cents. No, I'm doubling. Oh, you're doubling it. You're doubling it. 32 times. Yeah. I have to make the calculations. <laughs> my, my, you got my brain a little bit buckled down right now, but it's more than a penny anyway. Yes. Yeah. Throw a number out. Oh, I don't know. Uh, uh, double it. A penny. 32 times doubled. I don't know. Going around like maybe 100K, I guess. Just throwing a number. Try cents. <laughs> Here's what I want you. Here's what I want you to know, though, and this is where the power comes in. 
I just told you that a penny doubled for mm-hmm. 32 times is about $21.5 million. Yes, sir. How much is a penny double 31 times? 31 times? Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Uh, what? 10 million? Yeah, a little over 10 million bucks. Mm-hmm. The last double was $10 million. Right. If you don't start, you're not giving up penny one to penny two. Mm-hmm. You're giving up 10 to $20 million. Wow. You're giving up the last sets of doubles. And so the longer you take to start, you're giving up the long end of the curve. If you give up, if you go back and say, well, what's a penny double 26 times? 335 grand. Right? So the power is in those last rounds. The reason Warren Buffett is so rich, and he didn't get his first billion until he was in his 50s. The reason he's so rich is because he's so old and he keeps doubling. Wow. Right? People lose sight of that. They do. And if you aren't starting early and getting yourself rolling, then you're giving it up and and you go into your 50s and 60s really struggling. And that's the problem. No one tells you just start, automate, forget. Like my kids started when they were in their teens. So they've got an even bigger head start than I had. Forget. Start, automate, forget. See, that's, again, simple process that a lot of people can get behind. Start, automate, forget. And so think about it. If you work for an employer, you have a 401k plan, right? Yes, sir. Go sign into your 401k plan and up your contribution by 1%. And some of them will say, hey, can we do an automatic update going forward? Click Mm -hmm. the box, yes, and say, Updated every every year by two percent. Mm-hmm. If you update it by two percent every year, within five years you have an extra ten percent going to savings. Wow! Right? And you don't At see it. You don't years, see it. You don't even see it. You don't even miss it. You'd be like, "I mean, what, what happened? How did I get all this money?" And that's literally what I did. And I just kept turning the knobs up. And this isn't complicated. It's not. And one thing I realize is the fact that, um, and you talk about this, you know, learning how to be, again, rational. Don't bring your emotions into spending, even though sometimes it can feel like an emotional burden. But you realize a lot of times the, that money you're trying to hold on to, you don't miss it. You'd be surprised what you can live with. You don't miss it, really. You don't. Over time, it's become something, just another, just another habit you're used to. It is. The guy next door to you probably makes 10 grand less than you, and he's no less happier or miserable than you are. It's crazy. Where's that 10 grand? Like, if you've got it, you can put that away, and that gives you freedom. When you've got capital and assets, you've got freedom. That's literally what it is. The problem is you walk into Costco, and you see the big screen TV. It happens to me all the time. Ooh, big screen Mm -hmm. TV. Nice. That's cool. Nice. Buy it. Be happy. Don't buy it. Be sad. You need another option. Buy it. Be happy. Don't buy it. Hmm. Have a little bit more towards retirement. The ability to say, screw you to the job. The ability to walk away. Hmm. We have a TV at home that's pretty decent. 
I'm looking at the, but you have to think long-term. You have to, you have to think long-term freedom. The thing about, I realize about money is the fact that, um, as you said it, coming from a place where, and this really hits home for me, coming from a place where I've seen lack, I've seen poverty, I've seen what lack of money and lack of resources does, you know? You've and seen real poverty, not American poverty. poverty. No, real poverty. We're the poverty. richest poor people in the world. I've seen real poverty. When someone really has to choose between not feeding, like you have five kids, you have no place to live, you're basically begging to survive and you've got five kids you have to look at them in the face like i can't feed you i have nothing i have nothing please help me that that speaks to you so i don't want to hear people telling me that you know oh why you need all this money like you know what does money do for money cannot buy happiness yeah but money can solve a lot of problems money gives you options money gives you the option to actually pay for medication to you know pay for clothes or donate or start a nonprofit or something money gives you resources money you put it yourself. Money gives you options. Money gives you opportunities. And I guess what we're trying to drive home is like money. You talk a lot about um, uh, lottery winners. Money just makes you more of what you are. If you didn't know how to manage money, that's on you. But it's not money that's just deciding to start wars or famine whatsoever. And I don't know where, how you react when you hear those type of, you know, means or misconceptions about money, like money is all evil. People, would, people who are rich are like have nothing to do or it's uh, it's it, it really irritates me sometimes. The only people saying that are poor people who are going to continue to be poor because they don't want to be rich and evil. They're limiting their own selves. So the money script is running in the background. I can't possibly have money. I don't want to be evil. So they give it all away. And then they wonder why they're where they're at. The program's running in the background. You've got to challenge it for yourself. And figure out, hey, I need to reprogram myself. And there's programming in everything, mm -hmm. right? Whether it be your money, your all your habits are programmed. But it's hard. It's hard because we've been so conditioned, you know, uh, behavioral habits and like be behavioral conditioning just makes us constantly. We hear the word money. We don't want to talk about it. This is very uncomfortable. You're in a social setting. You're going to talk about anything under the sun, but you're not going to talk about money because that's that's wrong. We don't, we can't say that that's expensive. Like you can't do that. Like nobody talks about money. That's, that's in, that's behind closed doors or very, very intimate settings. And you can choke on that. Some people, again, you know, they have so many ramifications. Like, you know, it, it's all over the place. And I don't understand where that discomfort comes from. People are more apt to talk about sex than money. That's They'll true. Share their sex life. Wow. <laughs> and that's, that's the fun part, because, again, we're going to stay on the topic of, you know, rich people are evil. If we're just talking about richer soul, which I love, what I love is your angle about the fact that, you know, it's a great tagline, by the way. You've made money. Now what? Now what? And the, the conversations that I've listened to, you always bring the point home where, OK, you are interview a lot of very elite, high achieving very well off, you know, people who've done very well for themselves and who've done a lot of good in the world, you know, not just, you know, through their finances, but in their craft and their industries and stuff. But the thing that always comes back, even though it's not said openly, the thing is, none of these people, A, set out to make money. They just set out to solve a problem or, again, follow a dream or a need that they felt that needed to be addressed. It just so happened that they made money along the way. So would you say that money is a byproduct? of success 
money is a byproduct of success. I will tell you, I set out to make money. Mm-hmm. And that's why the tagline is, you got rich, now what? Mm-hmm. Because that was my story. Oh, now I have a million dollars, now what? I'm still not happy. Right. Life isn't perfect. I thought this was supposed to be the end all be all. And it's not. Now, a lot of those guests did start off in search of money, but they started to realize, hey, money isn't everything. Right. And they started to make that shift. And and it's all curated, right? Because if they think money is everything, they're not on my show. (laughs) So you're hearing a curated audience Mm -hmm. who have come to the realization, some of them that sometimes they're not even from a money background. And, And it's coming on my show is the first time they've talked about money in decades, but they're there because they have another expertise Mm -hmm. and they're successful in their expertise, which has resulted in them hopefully being financially sound. I don't know that they all are. Okay. Okay. And, uh, also one thing I love about the show is the fact a lot, you touch a lot about values, talk a lot about purpose and sometimes those words get thrown around a lot, but I don't think a lot of people take a lot enough time to understand what that means. And if you could coach us in that sense, like how important is it to align your actions with your values? You know. Well, so here's the first question. Do you, do you know your values? Like, are they written down? Are you clear on what you want? Wow. Okay. That's Most true. people aren't. Most companies have values. They're on the wall. Nobody knows what they are. Okay. So most people say in the back of my mind, I know what my values are. Well, really? Are you living in alignment with them? Are you being intentional? Most people don't have a plan for their life. They're on a track because somebody put them on a track like you were talking about. My mother said, be a doctor. She put you on a track. I'm a doctor. Why? Because I was put on this track. I went to med school. So now I have to be a doctor. Is it in line with your values? I don't know. Do you like medicine? No, I hate it. <laughs> did you did you question why are you here? You at least questioned that, right? You mm-hmm. said you were intentionally not going on that track. Although you were you were struggling with that, right? That's what mm-hmm. you told me. Mm-hmm. It was really and That's rough. why I said if if you listen to what people say, they tell you their story. But you got to listen. And you have to listen to yourself because you have a story too. And if you haven't intentionally sat down and figured out what do I want from life? How much money do I need to live? What does my day look like? What do I value and what's important? And where am I today? And am I or am I not in alignment with what I claim to be my values? When we fall into the trap of, you know, someone else's script, sometimes it can be hard to break away from that because as you said, we spend so much time looking in the other direction. We never even realize that all we need to do is turn around and say like, Hey, I could go that way and be a lot more fulfilled and be a lot less angst and a lot, lot less anxiety and a lot more, less troubled and actually, you know, be a lot happier. And one thing I realized just hearing you and I'm really seeing him when he was in that period, he was scared he had no idea what he was doing. He felt like a failure. He's like, what next is left for me? I've got all this school debt. I'm broke. I have nothing. I have nothing to aspire to. And that can be some very damaging dialogues. And we talk a lot about behaviors. We talk a lot about habits. That is where you have to think that you are enough 
And mm-hmm. um, I love the way you put it as well, because you shared, you shared that on, on, on your interview. You said that if you don't believe that you can have success, you talk a lot about mindset. If you don't believe that you deserve, let's round it up with deserve this greatness that you seek, it's a dead argument. You're not going to move forward. You're just going to stay pivoted. And I guess I was in that. I was really stuck in that myself. I'm wondering, like, you know, in your interactions or do you see that a lot in these people that keep saying like, yes, I want a million dollars and yes, I want to own a business and I want 15. I want to, I want the yacht and I want the, I want the, the villa in, in Spain, but they say you, that and you ask them, when do they want this? And they say this weekend. <laughs> okay. And you say, no, 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 it's going to take you 15 years and a lot of hard work. And then they go back to what they were doing. Because they don't really want that because they're not willing to put the work in to make that happen. And why do you need all this stuff? Like they think it's going to make them happy. That is the constant problem. Everyone thinks they need a millions of dollars in a villa, wherever, and in a boat and a plane to be happy. All of those things require work and effort. And more often than not, they are not worth the effort. And you you know, why are you going to work hard to have a villa in Spain that you spend three days out a year? Right. I had a guy on, he lives down in Florida and we were just chatting because he goes and he runs on the beach every day. He grew up in Florida, not rich or anything. They live a little bit off the beach. And we chatted like, Hey, when you're running, how often do you see people in those houses? He's like, almost never. So they dream for this beach house. They're not in it. They're not enjoying it. They're too busy working. And it goes back to, again, you can have so much money, but you're never going to get this time back, are you? No. It's amazing. Can I share a personal story? Yeah. Um, just to it's bring your it home. show. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I really do enjoy your perspective. Um, I was having this conversation with my wife not too long ago, and um, it was so humbling. Um, summer came. And we said, like, you know what? We're going to send the kids to uh, this uh, this summer camp, like this local private college not far from our house. Basically, you know, it converts the campus to uh, a summer camp for the kids, for the local kids. No problem. It's not cheap. All right. I'll just say right off the bat, it's not cheap. But I said, you know what? We're going to send them the full eight weeks so they can have a great summer. Right. And I don't know, just looking at it and, you know, just making paying for the registrations and stuff and all the activities and everything. And I stopped my wife two seconds like, babe, do you realize that? We have offered our children a lifestyle where they can just be okay to just go to camp. We can just offer them camp. You know, we're not, like I said, it's not cheap, but again, we're not really losing sleep over it either. You know, it's like, okay, we give our children this opportunity. And I grew up in an environment where, yeah, okay, we used to go on vacation, but not every year. You know, some kids had great, had nice sneakers and, you know, sometimes we'd reuse ours and that would be fine. But just to do that parallel humbles me because you know what? Don't tell me that money cannot bring you a sense of satisfaction, relief, joy. Because seeing my kids not having to, you know, just wonder, just deal with certain, you know, things that I had to brings me joy. And I'm okay with that. And some people I don't want people to actually come to me and telling me like, you know, why do you need that much money? I want m- more money to do more things like this. But this is what, you know, like I said, not rich, not rolling in it. I don't have a Maserati in my backyard, but still that doing that for my kids brings me immense joy. 
And that's what I want to bring home because as you said it, you know, money gives you these opportunities. Money brings home these values. My values is about my family, keeping my family well, safe and provided for, you know, right now I traveled to Haiti just a couple of months ago following the earthquake just to see my parents. And I'm like, you know what? Had I had more resources, I should be able to actually help you guys out. Either like, you know, fly you out or, like, you know, healthcare wise, because my father's like uh, dealing with a little bit of health issues. That's what I'm thinking about money wise. Again, those are my values, taking care of my family. And most people don't take the time to think about that. So when you said that, it really hit home for me. So we immigrants have a problem. You come here from wherever you came from, right? The first generation works really hard and they create a good base. The second generation, because they have a good base and have seen the struggles, right? Usually have tremendous success if they've done it right. Mm -hmm. Then they have kids and they don't want their kids to struggle. And so they give them everything. Yes. And those kids become entitled and they blow their parents' money. And they have no self-worth. And, and then the cycle starts all over. <laughs> so you have to be super intentional with kids about this balance between having mm -hmm. and struggling. Because the conversations we have are, how do I put the fire in the belly of my kid? This is true. Because it's very easy to be complacent and have expectations. I'm struggling with that. I don't. It's a real struggle for me right now. They're still young. They're eight and five. But wow, they want everything and they're totally okay. And, you know, I, we provide for them. But wow, you guys don't get it. You just don't get it. But I know it's my fault. I know it's my fault. So we can fix that. How? Uh, two things. Um, first, take them to Haiti. Okay. Have they gone? Uh, they were they're too young to remember. Too young. When my they son was a baby. My daughter was two. They don't remember. Mm -hmm. They need to go to Haiti every few years, maybe three, four, five. Okay, they need to see what it looks like. They need to viscerally understand that. You can't tell them; they have to see it. They're not going to get it. You're right. They're not going to get it, and they need to meet their grandparents. And they need to see the humble roots and see how people live. Number two, give them money every week, right? What mm -hmm. we did was we gave them their age in cash, okay. dollar bills, and then they had rules. So out of your money that you got every week, a percentage goes to charity mm -hmm. so they can save up if they want to take it to Haiti. Great. If you belong to some religious institution, whatever it is, I don't mm -hmm. care what your charity is. Mm -hmm. Teach your kids to give. Whatever is left, split 50-50. Half goes for spending. Half goes for savings. And so savings, I told my kids, you're saving not for a car or college. You're saving for some time in the future beyond anything you can comprehend. Maybe you can use this money to buy a house. I don't know. But you're not going to be spending this money anytime in your comprehensible future. Mm -hmm. And then now they have money. Now, when you go to the store and they go, we want candy, you go buy it. You got money. Leave me alone. You got money. And then give them opportunities to make more money so that they can learn. Hey, you want that? Great. Let's figure out how you can make more money. How do you make more money? By serving people. How do you serve people? Let's figure that out. 
So now you're having conversations with them. You're teaching them and they're learning the value of money and how to do things. And then they start to go, wait a minute, those sneakers are $90. Do you know how hard I had to work to make $90? I'm not buying $90 sneakers. That's absurd. Right. Because they feel it. And, and we had to deal with this. The first time my kid went on an airplane, they were in first class on their way to Disney. Wow. So she's 18 months old. How, how do you then say you need to be a money savvy kid? My daughter's now 21. She gets money. She knows how to make wise decisions. Mm -hmm. They don't buy name brand crap unless they truly see a value. They've saved their money for years. They've got stacks of money. They understood that if you want to go to college, you got to figure out how to pay for it too. Like you got to be part of this process. There's no expectation that dad's going to write you checks for everything. Right. Right. So it's uh it's an open communication, but it has to be a responsible, um, uh, I, I want to say a responsible education. You need to educate your kids in, like along the process. You need to be part of it, not just like, okay, mm -hmm. read this book on finance and leave me alone. But you're right. What I heard from you is that you're, you're involved. That's what I was going to call. You're very involved into the process and making sure that, you know, they're making the best decisions along the way. Um, but here's a, here's a flip question though. Is it okay to splurge? From time to time, like, does the, you know, hey, I, I'm buying because I feel like it. Does that, does it, is, is that, you know, does that offend you in any way? But is that okay from time to time? My try, my wife drives a Mercedes and has a Louis Vuitton purse. <laughs> no, but I can pay cash for it. Okay. I see you. Right. All right. We have the excess. So if you have the excess, this is what you choose to do. And you're intentional about it. And it didn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. She's wanted a Mercedes for her whole life. I'm like, it was time to buy a new car. I'm like, we could buy this. Do you really want a Mercedes? She's like, yes. Like, it, it, the differential between the two cars wasn't that big. Mm -hmm. You know, the car we were looking at was probably high 30s. The Mercedes was low 50s. Mm -hmm. And be intentional. I could buy a C-Class in the mid forties or I could buy an E-class stripped down in the low fifties. And the E-class is a hell of a lot better than the C-class. There you go. Spend, spend the extra seven, eight grand. And I mean, the E-class goes from the fifties up to the nineties, but it's all crap in between. Like there's no real differential. There you go. So, you know, why, why do I need to spend $800 on the Mercedes symbol? I don't really care. No. It's got heated seats, a heated steering wheel, and a sunroof. Like there you go. stereo, life is good. Life is good. Life is good. Uh, yeah. So no, you, you enjoy life. This is not about being not enjoying life. The thing is, people don't know what they even value. Okay. And so they spend money on everything and they waste it. Half of their money is wasted on things that don't even make them happy. It was just a flippant decision. Why don't you just spend on what you love and don't spend on what you don't love? Some people, you know, if you don't want a big house, don't buy a big house. If cars are your thing, then go buy cars, but then figure out where you're not where going to buy. It's, um, it's so funny because that's where, that's how people perceive, you know, because they have this, the Scrooge McDuck 
mentality type of thing where they're like, okay, save every single dollar you can. But if that in itself, you find that exhausting or irritating, because we have to have balance in everything, don't we? You have to focus on, okay, how are you building your wealth for now and later? How are you teaching your children to build this legacy of, you know, ensuring their own financial well-being, but also focus on the now, enjoy life, have a coffee, have a coffee. David Bach never said, don't have a coffee, just mind all the coffees that you're buying, you know, because those coffees are actually affecting your bottom line down the road 30 years from now. That has to be, you know, uh, you know, it has to be intentional. And I, I don't understand this coffee thing. Like I leave in the morning to go to the gym and I drive by the Dunkin' Donuts and there's a line wrapped all the way around Dunkin' Donuts of people waiting to hand over a bunch of money for coffee. I'm like, I have a coffee pot at home. I fill it the night before in the morning. It turns on. I walk downstairs. I got coffee. Boom. Boom. Like standing in line is not an experience for me. No, no, you know, no, I don't get it. I don't get it. again to each his own. It's never a culture was ever a part of like standing in line for like 10,000 hours for coffee. That's just um, apologies to all my coffee drinkers. But again, that's why I quit coffee a long time ago. More, no, I, love I love I coffee. I drink coffee every day, but I make it at home. I don't even use one of those K cup things because then I'd have to wait two and a half minutes for this stupid machine to make me coffee i'm like i don't have two and a half minutes to wait for this i was just seeing it in my head that's why i'm laughing it's something wow um what else did i want to run run by you um because we have to um because i'm really big on that values thing and like i said you bring it home so well how you know what don't be afraid to dream have a life plan know what your intentions are when you say you want money but also, um, do you think that this is for everyone? As in for everyone that says they want money are going to have money. Or do you believe in this entire kumbaya mentality? Is like, yeah, we can all be wealthy and we can all have it. Or, I believe that's, I, I don't believe that. I really don't. But I don't know where you fall on that. Can everyone earn money? Yes. They can. There's, I mean, if you're in America, yes. If you're in Haiti or India or other places, it is much more difficult. In America, it is much easier to make money, but you have to do the work. You don't go, I want to be rich. And, you know, the universe showers you with money. It doesn't work like that. You have to do the work. You have to put the effort in. You have to do things you're uncomfortable doing. You have to do things you don't want to do necessarily, right? That's the reality. Now, if you're really smart and you take the time to think and say, well, what am I really good at? Hmm, I'm good at these things. Okay, how do these things that I'm really good at help the world? Who's willing to pay the most for me to do these things for them? And then figure out how to go do that. And again, it's not show up tomorrow when it happens. It might take you 10 years of struggle and testing and doing that. But if you enjoy doing something, it's no longer work. If you're good at it, it's easy because it's a natural skill. Mm-hmm. And if people are willing to pay for it, not everyone is willing to pay for what they need. Mm-hmm. You know, they I want that, but I'm not willing to pay for it. If you can find that intersection in your life, then life is great. 
Like if you look, we, we talked about Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. Warren Buffett spends half his day reading um, financial reports, right? The actual booklets. Wow. How many of you want to do that? I know that's a big no for me, right? But because he does that and it's his skill set, he can make a lot of money at it. Don't try and be Warren Buffett. Be you. be you. What are your skills? What are the things you're good at that the world is willing to pay for? And then it's got to be something that's going to be enough that you can generate. I love cleaning. The world is not going to pay more than X amount of money for you to clean, right? Okay. It's just, there is a limit. There's a cap. There's a cap. So you've got to think about that. Where are the things that don't have such caps that I can do? And, and you have to do it in a different way. Find a new intersection. Find a new way to do it. And that is then phenomenal. you have the opportunity. That is phenomenal. So people really need to double down on what they're good at, what they love, and what the market is willing to you know, pay for. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, get paid for what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Don't work for free. Don't work for free. Get paid for what you're good at. Wow. It's amazing. It's amazing. Rocky, I want to be, remain respectful of your day. Um, this was an, really a jam-packed, I don't use that often, a jam-packed conversation full of so much insight. Again, this is, I can't thank you enough because I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this are going to learn a lot. I certainly did. You've only basically strengthened a lot of beliefs I already have. And again, I can't thank you enough for being such a generous soul. And I want to congratulate you on all your success because again, you certainly deserve it. And uh, thank you for sharing your time with us. It's really been an honor and a thrill. Thank you so much for having me here. Any enjoyable. Uh, any particular, um, you know, web links or presences uh, where if people want to follow up with you, any places we can send them? Yes. And before they follow up with me, there's something they need to do first. What do they need to do? If you liked this episode, if you like other episodes of Awaken the Awesome, then you need to go into whatever you're listening it on and rate and review the show <laughs> so that people know that this is an awesome show. <laughs> like, just... Please do that. He's giving this to you for free. Just say thank you. And that is the best way to say thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, you so welcome. much. I, I really appreciate it. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, like, you know, we I'm so humble. I don't like to bang it down people's heads. But for you to be so earnest and <laughs> just putting it out there. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You have to ask that. It goes back to what we talked about the whole time. If you don't ask, you don't get the answer is always no. when you don't ask. There you go. If you'd like to follow up and, and see my podcast and so forth, wherever you're listening to this, it's called Richer Soul, R-I-C-H-E-R-S-O-U-L, and you'll find it everywhere. If you're a business owner and you want to understand the business finance side, it's Profit Answer Man, where we talk about all the same things for the business owner. For the business owner. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll be sure to obviously, as you guys know, I'll be sure to, you know, lock up and of course identify all the proper red presences like on the blog post once it goes live. Rocky, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your wonderful time and generosity. Guys, another episode of Awaken the Awesome in the can. Thank you so much for accompanying us along this journey one episode at a time. I hope this uh, information and content was useful to you. If it is, as Rocky said, 
let us know let them know rate us apple Podcasts, youtube spotify we need the support and the encouragement it goes such a long way you guys have no idea but again for the next time we meet each other in this life or the next thank you so much for your support stay safe stay blessed have a terrific day and do stay awesome this has been another episode of the awaken the awesome podcast we always love to get your feedback so please do drop us a line via instagram facebook or email our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support and thank you for listening. Stay awesome. <laughs>